Who's, who's warm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, just let it ring. It'll go. Amen. Amen. Yeah, don't mind the phone ringing. That's probably some church member that, you know, comes all the time, but they decide to call right now. I'm only half joking because that happens so often, um, which reminds me, my phone is uh, not on me. Hopefully my phone doesn't go off uh, in the office. Uh, that'd be funny. Amen. Uh, I don't think I have any funky ringtone at the moment. <laughs> it, Jetsons are great, you know. Amen. It, now, Miss Darla, is that your ringtone or your text? Oh, okay. Amen. All right. I used to have uh, Sanford and Son. Don't, don't, do You know. That's my Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let's get started. Let's all stand and turn to page 57 out Calvary. We'll get our Sunday morning started. Amen. God's been good already in the Sunday school hour. Brother Tony brought a wonderful lesson, learning some doctrine in 2 Timothy. We're almost done with 2 Timothy. We've gone from 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy. In a couple, three more weeks tops, I think, and we'll be uh, moving on to another book. What book, you ask? I don't know. Amen. I don't know. Amen. But it sure has been good. I've enjoyed it. Page 57, at Calvary. Let's sing it like we mean it this morning. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the law I'd spurned Till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary Mercy there was great and grace was free Pardon there was multiplied to me There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary On the third now I've given to Jesus everything. Now I gladly own him as my king. Now my raptured soul can only sing of Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burden so found liberty. At Calvary on the last Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan Oh, the grace that brought it down to man Oh, the mighty God that God did spend At Calvary Mercy there was great and grace was free Pardon there was multiplied to and so found liberty at Calvary. Hey Amen. Let's sing page 484. Miss Darla, what song is that? My what? 
484, a child of the king. I actually couldn't find it this morning. But John came in right about that time. I was like, Brother John, I cannot find I'm a child of the king. Am I saying it wrong? Is it child of the king? And I, I, I went through different scenarios, and he was like, I think it's just a child of the king. And he's right. I kept looking for I'm a child. I am a child. I couldn't, you know. God gave me good looks for a reason because it wasn't just smart singing. Amen. 484, child of the king. Once I was clothed in the rags of my sin, wretched and poor, lost and lonely within, but with wondrous compassion, the King of all kings, in pity and love, took me under his wing. Oh yes, oh yes. I'm a child of the King, His royal blood now flows in my veins, and I, who was wretched and poor, now can sing, praise God, praise God, I'm a child of the King, now I'm a child with the heavenly home my holy father has made me his own and i'm cleansed by his blood and i'm clothed in his love and someday i'll sing with the angels above oh yes oh yes i'm a child of the flows in my veins and I who was wretched and poor now can sing praise God praise God I'm a child of the King amen that's a beautiful song amen how about page 295 one day 295 amen I haven't sung this one in a while. I might need y'all's help a little bit. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin. Dwelt among men, my example is he. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. One day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to down the tree. Suffering anguish, despised and rejected. 
our sins, my Redeemer is He. Living, He loved me. Dying, He saved me. Buried, He carried my sins far away. Living, He justified freely forever. One day, He's How far is our sins removed? As far as from the east to the west. And you know the, 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 the legalist Christian is going to be like, well, actually, scientifically, the distance from as far as the east to the west, and to try to come up with some equation. God's just saying it's gone. It's gone. It's under the blood. Amen. There's consequences for our sins, but amen, they're forgiven. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. We don't have to sit there and calculate Wait, how many times were we supposed to forgive somebody? Was it, was it like 77 or 707 or something like 70 times 7, which is what? What is it, 490? Look at this guy. Are we supposed to forgive somebody only 490 times? It's a good start, amen. We're supposed to be forgiving, amen. Amen, we're, I'm preaching and I'm supposed to be song leading, amen. Uh, let, let's, sing, uh, let's sing that third verse. One day they left him alone in the garden. One day he rested from suffering free. Angels came down o'er his tomb to keep vigil. Hope of the hopeless, my Savior is he. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified freely forever, one day he's coming, oh glorious day on the last, one day the trumpet will sound for his coming. One day the skies with His glories will shine. Wonderful day my beloved ones bringing. Glorious Savior, this Jesus is mine. One day, sorry, today, buried He carried my sins far away rising he justified freely forever one day he's coming oh glorious day amen it's it's different when you're leading singing you can sing i'll fly away and know all the words and think and i literally thought oh yeah i know the words i got this you know, then all, then all of a sudden I look at Brother Scott and it like throws me all off and I got to, amen. Brother Scott, would you open in a word prayer, sir? Heavenly Father, we do thank you for allowing us to come into your house and worship you, Lord. Thank you for being here with us. We appreciate you being here with us, Lord. We're here to honor and glorify you in everything we do. Sang already, Lord. I pray that it was good noise in your ear. Lord, we appreciate you allowing us to sing to you. Lord, we pray that everything we do and say may honor and glorify you. Help us edify the saints here, Lord, and listen to your word. We're just preaching and preaching to you four times from now, Lord, do everything we do. We ask this in your name. Amen.
Amen. You may be seated. I'll just say this quickly for a couple of announcements. Um, um, it's okay not to shake hands when there's sicknesses going around. Amen. If, 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 if somebody's not shaking your hand, that's okay. It's okay to wear a mask when sicknesses are going around. It's okay. Uh, we're we're a okay with that. Uh, Brother Scott, some of us would look better, wink, wink, if we wore a mask. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, amen. Uh, amen. But uh, no, I just want to, you know, Miss Carrie's got COVID. Um, uh, Miss Rhonda's, you said parents, both of them? Uh, so Miss Sue and, um, not Archie, it is Archie, but um, Neil. Uh, that's unfortunate. Is it going around in the nursing home? Ooh, amen. Pray for these things. Uh, not just COVID, but other things are going around. Uh, Miss Rachel's down with something. Uh, it's not going to be Just a bug going around, amen. So pray for these things, and um, uh, let's be mindful of them, and um, amen. Fist bumping's okay, not touching at all, that's okay too. We can just say hello, and that's, that's a-okay, amen. Um, any birthdays this past week? Any birthdays? All the Christmas babies are done and over with, amen. Pray for Brother Zollers while I'm thinking of it. He's a Christmas baby. Pray for him. Pray for his strength and his health. Um, maybe give him a call if you haven't talked to him in the last couple of weeks. It'd probably be an encouragement to him. Amen. Amen. Uh, all right, no birthdays. Any anniversaries this past week? What, Miss Rachel, when was it? Uh, oh, it, really? I did not know that. Where, where, where'd Jared go? Is he wrestling a baby? Where, is, is he just walking around with him? Noah, go get him. See if, see if, see if he's, yeah. Yeah, he heard a rumor. He heard a rumor. <laughs> Amen. Mr. Jared, can we sing happy anniversary to you too? That'd be Rachel, by the way. You and Rachel. So. <laughs> yeah, you got to stand up. That's, that's the thing. That's the thing. We try to make you feel as uncomfortable as possible for our benefit. Yeah. Amen. All right. You guys have a good trip down in Georgia? All right. Amen. Uh, Rachel showed me, my Rachel showed me a picture that your Rachel sent. It was a wonderful picture of your family. Amen. Uh, so let's sing happy anniversary to Rachel and Jared. Happy anniversary to you. Woo! Happy anniversary to you. Woo! Happy anniversary. God bless you, Jared and Rachel. Happy anniversary to you. Woo! Amen. That's awesome. How many years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's better when we just keep our mouths shut and let our ladies. Amen. If we could have a couple of men come and take up the offering. Amen. I can, like, I, you know, I could just have celebrated our anniversary and, like, know it in my head. But if somebody asks me, I got to go, oh. You know, it throws you off. It's like, it's like you can always have a song on your mind or, or, or no songs, but as soon as somebody's like, hey, what song do you want to sing? You're like, uh, uh, you know, amen. Brother Scott, would you pray for the offering, sir?
Amen. That's a good one. That's a good one. Good job, Ava. Did you get Did you get more than Wyatt today? We should do. We guys mentioned it, and I haven't even thought of it yet. Do, do the boy-girl campaign. Yeah, I remember those days. Start cashing in, you know, spending time during the week, cashing in everything for pennies, you know, <laughs> just for weight. <laughs> oh, Miss Linda would not appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, paper money is always good. Yeah, But if you're going to put in paper money, put in higher bills because they weigh more. Everybody knows. It takes more print. Yeah. Yeah, it's, we're solid, is it, it's, yeah, it's three quarters again, isn't it? That's crazy. That is, it's just crazy how that thing adds up. Because we don't even live in a land of change anymore. Most of us don't carry change as normal because we're using card and whatnot. Uh, so even more so how it's amazing it, it comes in. Um, uh, Wyatt, did you get all Jared's change? I just want to make sure. Okay, all right, good job. Oh, <laughs> uh, can we stand one more time and turn to page 284, just a closer walk with the, we'll sing a couple more songs and we'll go into the message, amen. I am weak, but thou art strong, Jesus keep me from all wrong. As long as I walk, let me walk close to Thee. Just a closer walk with Thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to Thee. Let it be, dear Lord. Let it be through. This world of toils and snares. If I falter, Lord, who cares? Who with me my burden shares? None but thee, dear Lord, none but thee. A closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be When my feeble life is old Time for me will be no more Guide me gently, safely, oh To thy kingdom shore, to thy shore Just a closer walk with thee my plea, daily walking close to Thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. I'm going to be honest with you, every time I think of this song, I think of jazz hands. Uh, uh, um, I don't know where I saw it, but, you know, the repeats, uh, just a closer walk. Just and I, so, so I told Miss Bonnie that one time, Miss Bonnie Ammon, so every time I would lead that song, 
And she's in there, she would always go. You know what I'm saying? So, some people you just can't look at while you're singing sometimes. You know, you know. Amen. How about page, uh, we'll do one more, 477, the solid rock, 477. is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest flame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ's solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is Darkness fails his lovely face. I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ's solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking words are so good. I hope we're paying attention to them. Amen. On that third. His oath is covenant and his blood support me in the overwhelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ's solid rock I stand all other ground trumpet sound oh may I then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone faultless to stand before the throne on Christ's solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is one more verse in chorus, acapella, the first verse in chorus, we'll sing acapella, then we'll go into the message, Ben, the junior church can be dismissed right now, the junior church can be dismissed, on that first verse, acapella, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ's solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. You may be seated. I don't care. What you think that was, that's called worship. Amen. Amen. If you got your Bibles this morning, we'll get right into the message. Galatians chapter 3 and Genesis chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 and Genesis chapter 3. It's not a typo, it's on purpose. Amen. 
Usually I don't have typos in, in, my, in my notes. It's normally when it comes out of my mouth. Uh, what did I say one time? <clears throat> Turn to angels, something, something. Uh, and, and, and I think I said, um, um, I said something wrong, like Filipino or something. I just totally, sometimes I say the wrong things and it just, you know, whew. There's no greater joy in all the world than to be a Christian. There's no greater joy. You, you, you can have your ups and downs, but there's no greater joy than to be a Christian. There's no greater privilege in all of time, in all of time, past, present, future, than to be a child of God. No greater joy. I don't care what time period you lived in. There's no greater love that can be experienced or shown than that of what our Savior did when he said... His son to die on a cruel cross. If there's Christians who never live on the mountaintop, they always seem to be in the valley. Christians that have forgot about all the benefits of being a child of God. Christians that have changed their perspective on the wonderful grace of God. And now they allow Satan to work in their thoughts by sowing seeds of bitterness. You may have been saved at one point and, 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 and gloriously saved and thank God for it, but you, but, but, but you let all your guards down as if you're good to go now. And you let Satan attempt you here and here and, 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 and just let, allow Satan to move you anywhere he wants you. And you're now, you're used of Satan constantly. And that's when this, Satan has the believer right where he wants him, saved, but not in service for the Lord. Saved, but not in the fight. Saved, but rendered useless. Hearers only and never doers. Always expecting everyone else to do whatever needs to be done. It's a small percentage that are doers as a whole. I'm so glad that no matter how backslidden we ever get, no matter what sins we've committed that God is a God of forgiveness. <laughs> He's a God of mercy. There's always enough grace to get us back on track. I'm thankful that no matter what the color of your skin is and what matter, doesn't matter what race you are, doesn't matter how sinful you have been, God's still in the saving business. Doesn't matter how much evil that you've spoken with out of your lips. Anybody can call on a righteous God and accept him for salvation. Oh, it all better change when you're saved. <laughs> but God can save anybody. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. But you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, different nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth the Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. I'm excited about this message this morning. I'm looking forward to it. Amen. Brother Jared, would you open this service in a word of prayer, sir?
Amen. When we think of the Christmas story, I mean, we think Luke chapter 2. I mean, we just, we just that's the main Christmas story. That's, that's, that's what we go to. And amen. Thank God for that. Um, but Galatians chapter 4 is a doctrinal and theological summary of the Christmas story. Can we, can we look at that phrase, but when the fullness of time was come? Man, I, I'm, I'm so glad that we can, you know, we have a perfect Bible that God gave us in the English language, the King James Bible. God's preserved it. He's inspired it. And he uses words on purpose. I'm so glad that I don't have to guess what version that I need to use because virgin, versions contradict each other all day long. There's doctrines taken out of this Bible and that Bible and, and there's agendas that are, that, that are shoved in the Bibles. Amen. I thank God that we can take them at his word and we can read it. We can rest assured that's what God wants us to know. But when the fullness of time was come, You guys know what that is? That's Christ coming. Incarnate. Born of a virgin. Amen. Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, but they never saw the fullness of time that Paul was writing about in Galatians. Never saw it. They never saw the fullness of time, but they were the first to hear about it. In this portion of Scripture in Genesis chapter 3, God's laying out what is going to happen now that they've sinned. Satan's punished, Eve is punished, and Adam certainly is punished. And, and, and can I tell you that whenever sin is involved, everybody loses every time. Every time. You think it doesn't affect you? It affects your marriage. It affects your family. It affects your extended family. It affects your church family. It affects your co-workers. We think it just it only affects us. The very first thing that God did was to punish the serpent after Adam and Eve ate, ate, ate of the fruit. And then the punishment, right, the serpent had to slither on the ground and, in order to move, and he'd have to eat the dust of the earth. And then God makes this prophetical statement that is just so encouraging. I love this study, Brother Bob. He makes this prophetical statement directed to the serpent. Look at Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. For anybody that doesn't know, this is the first mention of Jesus Christ in all of Scripture. And I also want to point out, if you notice, that it comes immediately after mankind sins. Immediately. That's significant. <laughs> the seed of the woman is, in fact, Jesus Christ, the Messiah that all the prophets would be looking for for the next 4,000 years. Satan thought that he had Jesus on the cross. We speculate. It was probably the greatest day in hell when Jesus gave up the ghost and gave his last breath and said, It is finished. But in the scheme of things, it was nothing more than a bruise of the heel of my Savior. Christ rose from the grave three days later, just like he said he would. Defeated death in the grave. Thus Satan went from 
quite possibly a three-day, biggest three-day party in the depths of hell to a devastating blow when Jesus rose from the grave. We read Genesis 3.15 knowing that's talking about Jesus Christ. And that is tied directly to 1 John 3.8. Let's turn to 1 John 3.8. We'll turn to a few scriptures this morning. 1 John 3.8. I hope that we have a mindset this morning, not just for fellowship, not just for worship, but also for learning and allowing the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts. If we don't open up our hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to move, then we're wasting our time. 1 John 3.8 says, He that committeth sins is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The purpose of the Son of God was manifested immediately after Adam and Eve sinned. That's significant. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, man, there's immediate consequences for sure. I mean, kicked out of the garden, kicked out of paradise. I mean, weeds start growing. Things start just, uh, just things change radically for them. Um, Adam and Eve are the only um, people in all of uh, time <laughs> that know what it's like to become spiritually dead after being spiritually alive. We're born spiritually dead. We must become spiritually alive through salvation. But they're the only ones to experience it spiritually alive first. And what a... You, you, you better believe that they were witnessing to their families for... How long did Adam live? Like 900 years or something? Like some long... I mean, there was so much overlap in the Old Testament days. It wasn't just like he, he went, Adam went to work in the garden and then he came home and just sat on his couch and just chilled out. I guarantee you he was telling his children and his grandchildren, and I don't know how many times he would say great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren about the love of God and how wonderful it was to walk and talk with God in the garden. It was so wonderful. It was paradise. Not like it is now because, you know, we sin. Guys, don't sin. It's awful. And children, don't be like me and your mother because it... Adam and Eve knew what it was. Amen. I hope that, I hope that as born-again believers this morning, we don't just go to work and then come home, just live our best lives now, ignoring, ignoring all the benefits of the believers and not warning our children and our family members and our employees is that, hey, there, there's sin, there's a devil, there, there, there's God, there's Jesus Christ, there's salvation from our sins. We're all born. So we need to be telling the world these things. I'm sure Adam and Eve did the same thing. When they sinned that day in the garden, there's immediate consequences, but thank God, but thank God there was immediate redemption. Oh, yeah, they were kicked out immediately. But immediately, God's talking about the seed of the woman, which we know of as Jesus Christ. Thank God there is immediately redemption. Amen. <laughs> By the way, Jesus is the seed of the woman. He's our redeemer. He's our savior. And God set in motion that day for the seed of the woman, which is Christ, to, to destroy the works of the devil, which is sin. Amen. And then no doubt God uh, gave Adam and Eve assurance that God will one day send a man to destroy the works of sin once and for all. 
And when would that take place? In the fullness of time. They didn't know it would be 4,000 years roughly from that point in their life. But eventually. We don't know when the Lord's coming back. But in the fullness of time, he will. God knows that time. The serpent bruised the heel of our Savior about 2,000 years ago. But Jesus will one day bruise the head of the serpent. And just to be clear, God's pointing out in Genesis 3.15 that a bruise to the heel is nothing in comparison to a bruise in the head. In light of eternity, anyways. Look at Revelation chapter 20, verse 2. Revelation 20, verse 2. Oh, yeah, I forget. Everybody's there. I, I, I will never get used to that. That's so wonderful. Revelation 20, verse 2. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Jump to verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. How long is, how long is that? Forever and ever. That's a lot different than dying on the cross. That was awful. That's the worst thing that mankind could do to somebody. But in comparison to eternity, it's just a bruise on the heel. Look at verse, uh, j- jump to Hebrews 2.14. Hebrews 2.14. <laughs> I'm so glad that we can serve a God that's got it all figured out. Uh, we don't have to, to, to be part of uh, the, the Mormon religion that they... They believe that there's always something, a new revelation coming out about here and there, and they have to follow that, and it's always changing. I'm thankful that I have a God that has never changed. He knew exactly what redemption would be for mankind, even from the very first sin, and that it never changes. Thank God for that. Hebrews 2.14, For as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. Who's he talking about? the seed of the woman, Jesus Christ, that through death he might destroy him that had power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took on him the nature, uh, not the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham, the seed of the woman. Adam and Eve messed up and they knew it. And according to the word of God, they knew that God was going to send a deliverer from the seed of the woman to destroy the works of the devil. Adam and Eve trusted the word of God and were looking for a deliverer. We know him as Jesus Christ. They knew him as the seed of the woman. Adam and Eve never had the privilege of seeing the fullness of time according to Galatians talking about it when Paul's talking about the fullness of time, talking about the Savior. Yet they put their trust in the seed of the woman that was to come. And some will say, no, that they put their trust in God, not Jesus. Well, they put their trust in God and Jesus. I put my trust in God and Jesus. You know what? They're one of the same. (laughs) You know, God's the one that told Adam and Eve that the seed of the woman was coming to destroy the works of sin. So putting their trust in the seed of the woman is putting their trust in God. It's the same thing. 
Moses never experienced the fullness of time to come. Moses never saw Jesus in his lifetime. You say, but pastor, how do you know that Moses put his trust in Christ? I had a, I had a, a pastor t tell me that I love near and dear. That how can you think that Moses understood who the Son of God was? I'll tell you this. Moses knew that a deliverer was coming, born of the seed of the woman, for the redemption of mankind to destroy the works of sin. Well, how would Moses know that? Because he wrote Genesis. He wrote it. The same hope that Adam had was the same hope that Moses had. Adam and Eve never experienced the fullness of time. Moses never experienced the fullness of time. Abraham uh, knew there was a Messiah coming, yet didn't see the fullness of time. You know who did? For the first time, Mary and Joseph got to experience the fullness of time. <laughs> we can't even fathom the blessing that was. And then guess, guess who God said, who, who did God invite right after Mary and Joseph? Shepherds, the lowly of the low to experience the fullness of time to come. What a blessing that must have been. I, I just, I mean, come on, a sky filled with angels uh, praising God and telling you, hey, go see, there's the Savior. Yeah, I wonder if they just left their sheep and ran. You know what I mean? Like, forget them. <laughs> Who cares about them tonight? Amen. Oh, amen. So when the fullness of time was come, God... He sent his son, who is literally outside of time, in space and matter, <laughs> to literally step into time, space, and matter, putting himself a little lower than the angels to be born of a virgin, the seed of the woman. 4,000 years after Adam and Eve in the garden, amen. The same seed whom God spoke of to Adam and Eve in the serpent when man first sinned in the garden that in the fullness of time Jesus who knew no sin was born to die so that mankind could be freed from the bondage of sin to have life eternal you want to talk about the Christmas message that's the Christmas message people have traditions and silly things that they do whatever God says you can you can celebrate a day I like whatever but don't miss the fact that that's what Christmas is about. God sending his son to earth because we are sinners. That is it. The problem is we feel, and I didn't even plan on this being a Christmas special. The problem is we fill Christmas up with everything else and, and every, whatever you want to add to it, you add to it. So children are raised thinking Christmas time, yes, all this worldly stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. In the context of the church, I have to acknowledge it's Jesus' birthday and Oh, when we get this over with, so I go home and do all the other Christmas things. It is not highlighted. This is what Christmas is about. And we as parents completely missed the boat on that. It's the Christmas story. It's the doctrine and theology of Christmas. We call it Christmas. Amen. It's the good news to, to men. Amen. It's the good news to Adam and Eve. It's the good news to us. Let's just imagine this morning that I am the worst of the worst and 
And I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm no better of a sinner than anybody else in here. Let's just say that I'm a rapist. And, and, and I'm a rapist and I'm a murderer. And I go to a church service and I hear the gospel message and I go down to the altar and I say the sinner's prayer. I feel good inside. I sleep well at night. But the next day, I find the first woman I see and rape her, then I kill her. I can sleep better at night because I've soothed my conscience saying, well, this is my sin. God saved me in my sin, but I'm going to continue in this sin. After all, God can save anybody, right? And absolutely, he can save anybody. But your salvation sure does seem inconsistent with someone who gave their heart to Christ. Salvation isn't just saying, I'm going down to the altar, I'm saying a prayer, I'm at this emotional time, emotional service, emotional invitation, whatever it is, youth rally, it doesn't matter what it is. It's not just saying the sinner's prayer and going through the motions. It is a heart decision. Therefore, if a rapist gets saved and a murderer gets saved, his desire will not to be a rapist or a murderer anymore. If he has those thoughts come into his mind, he, he, will, he, will be now, he will be convicted of that in his heart. The Holy Spirit will come and live within him. And he will not want to do those things. Amen. The problem is we have Christians that say, I'm saved and I'm born again, but oh, I'm going to live however I want to. And I won't affect my life at all because after all, God will save anybody. That's right. He will save anybody. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you're really and truly a child of God, you cannot openly sin against God and sleep well. The Holy Spirit's going to convict you over and over. If you're really and truly a child of God, there will be a change in your life. You have a desire to learn the will and the purpose of God in your life. God is good, is he not? But don't tell me you're a believer if you're not willing to change your life according to the word of God. And that is the popular modern day Christian approach to, to serving God is, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept him as a salvation for, for his salvation, but I'm going to live however I want to live. Friend, that's not an attribute of a child of God. That's an attribute of a lost sinner trying to soothe their own conscience. Don't tell me that you called upon Christ to forgive you of your sins as a fornicator. And then you continue to fornicate. There's a problem. There's no conviction in your heart. I'm not saying you don't sin once you're saved. I'm just saying there ought to be a conviction and no desire to do those things anymore. Doesn't add up when a child molester accepts Christ as their Savior, yet chooses to live an ungodly lifestyle of molesting children. This is a good indicator that they weren't saved in the first place. You say, Pastor, the Bible tells us not to judge, and you're judging people. Well, a couple things on that. 
first of all, God does tell us to judge. You, you got to read the rest of the chapter when it says, judge not lest ye be judged. <laughs> Say, Pastor. He tells us to judge with a righteous judgment. We're not supposed to judge at all. You want to go to the, to the legal chapter, book, and verse, the legality of the law? Then don't, don't uh, you know, um, um, if somebody's walking through the airport with a trench coat and one of those towel things on their head, they look like a, a terrorist, and, and, and you can see the, 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 the end of a gun hanging out underneath their trench coat and they're walking around like this, you better not judge what you see according to the chapter, book, and verse. No, no. We're supposed to judge. <laughs> Amen. You can judge people by their fruit. <laughs> Amen. God gave us a brain. I would hope that a brother John saw somebody coming in that looks like they got a gun, that something would happen. Amen. I don't make a practice of, of, of thinking in my heart, oh, they're not saved. I promise you I don't. I promise you I don't. But I'll say this. The longer I become a pastor, the more I question people that say that they're saved. I'm just being honest with you. If what we're doing goes against the word of God, church, it's wrong. We should change ourselves to line up with Scripture, not the other way around. Look at 1 John 2.18. 1 John 2.18. This is little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now uh, there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Now look at this. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. What's that talking about? Christians in the church house. Christians mixed in with the believers. Well, oh, how could Paul say that they weren't even saved in the first place? He just did. <laughs> he just did. He's saying by their fruits and their actions, they weren't even saved. They weren't even of us. What, what, what are you getting at, Pastor? There's people that are in the church house that say they're Christians, say they're saved, and they might even think that they are because of an action or a prayer that they said, but that does not mean that they're a child of God. Oh, we better take this thing seriously. There have always been and will always be people that claim to be saved yet never were. Maybe they're faithful. Maybe they're faithful tithers. Maybe they're, they're a part or we're a part of a ministry, but never actually a child of God. Satan loves the religious. He loves the religious. And that is the goal of Satan, to convince every man and woman and child that he is good enough. And the best way to do that is, hey, just say a prayer. You'll be good. Say a prayer. If you're saved this morning, and this goes for me too, we need to allow the Word of God to actively change us. We need to be looking at the Word of God as a mirror reflecting our sinfulness that's inside of us. We are so imperfect. And we need to be changing because we live in this suit of flesh. We are sinners. 
We're, we're wicked, we're vile, and we need to be changing our actions. But if you've never been saved, boy, it'd be so good if you gave your heart to the Lord this morning. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Sinner, you just heard the word of God. Every time uh, Wyatt and Ava could speak from this, and it can convict your heart. It's not really the speaker that's doing the convicting. Uh, you can have a good orator, a good speaker, a good preacher. That, that doesn't matter for the power of God. He can use anybody. The power is in his word. And this morning you've heard the word of God. I would pray that if you've never accepted him as your savior, that you would get your heart right today. Sure, there's a prayer involved, but it's not a specific prayer. Sure, there's, there, 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 there's, there's action involved that you need to, to, to step out of your comfort zone. Sure. But where the rubber meets the road, salvation is a heart decision to serve the Lord. And if you're a murderer, and you come down to this altar, and you walk back a murderer with a desire to murder, and you continue to murder, I question your salvation seriously. Because a child of God is going to desire the sincere milk of the word. There is... Christians all the time, and I'm telling you, I deal within the office, they have no desire to not just read or to study, but to live by the Word of God. This is just like a, hey, Grandma lives by that. I'm going to live my own life now because, you know, that's how I feel. This is my truth for me, as opposed to how much of the Word of God can I get? Can I grow today? So many Christians, even if they're saved, are stuck on the milk of the Word. I'm so tired. Christians telling me, Oh, yeah, I, I look at one verse in the morning, and, and like, like, that's great. When you first get saved, congratulations, you looked at one verse, and it took you six seconds. But 30 years later, we're looking at a, come on, get off the bottle and grow a little bit. Study to show thyself approved unto God. You know what that means? If we're not studying, we, God ain't approving of what we're doing. I don't even want to see a show of hands, including myself, how much studying we haven't done that we should have done. Yet we walk around as if God, like we did God a favor because I showed up on Sunday morning. I beg you, sinner, if, you, if you're not saved, put your trust in the Lord today. Amen. God sent his only son to be born through the seed of the woman. To destroy the works of sin. All the way back when sin first happened, as far as mankind is concerned, sin first happened in our race. Back in Genesis chapter 3, immediately there was a consequence, but immediately there was redemption. Let's close in a word of prayer. We'll have an invitation. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And, Lord, we do thank you for the power of it. Thank you, Lord, for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit.